You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Yeah, what an incredible opportunity. And I, I think I said um, last week, I think I said this last week, uh, what, a, what a beautiful uh, picture for us as the Botany Campus as we finish our auditorium in the next few weeks, in Jesus' name. Uh, as we finish our auditorium in the next few weeks, we are sowing seed to one of our other campuses to experience the blessing that we are experiencing now, yeah? I think about the incredible blessing that our cafe is and, and this whole space is. What an opportunity to be able to gift that to somebody else. Uh, so encourage you, uh, come prepared next week. Pray between now and then as to what you will bring. As a, as a family, and, and we're so excited to see uh, what God is going to do. Amen? Well, welcome. It's so good to have you out this morning. No my hiding mind to those uh, joining us online as well. It is incredible to have you with us. We're so excited about today. And before I begin my message, I just want to let you know that as a national movement, Elam um, movement, we have churches all across New Zealand, and uh, we are starting tomorrow, uh, 21 days of prayer, uh, where every single Elam church as a movement is going to start and begin to pray for 21 days. And uh, tomorrow you're going to receive an email. I think it's going to go out tonight to your emails. I want to encourage every one of you to jump on board. Why don't you join us as an Elam movement as we pray over the next uh, 21 days together. The, the booklet and the information you will receive will guide you through as we pray together. It will give you prayer points each day. You'll see them come up on our social media as well. But just want to encourage you to get along. There's something powerful that happens when a movement of people begin to walk in the same direction, seeking God for the same things, and just believing that God will not only transform your life, but will move across our nation. Amen. Awesome. Okay, we're actually starting a new series today, and it's, we've called it Alignment. And in this series, we're looking at the book of Colossians. And before we begin, I want to give you a little background as to what this book is about. See, Colossians is a letter found in the New Testament, and it's written to the church in Colossae. It's written by the Apostle Paul, and he wrote this letter while he was in prison to a group of believers that he had never actually met or visited. This was a church that had been birthed because in, in, in Colossae, the gospel had reached them. They had heard the gospel. They had heard the message and the hope of Jesus. They had received Christ and they began to bear fruit and organically a church began to arise. And Paul here in this, in this letter, we see Paul writing to them as an encouragement to them. He's encouraging them in their faith. He's challenging them in their walks with God, and he is also using it as an opportunity to address some false teaching that had begun to take place among them. Essentially, he is challenging them. He's saying in all areas of their, their life, I want you to bring greater alignment with your lives and with you as a community of believers to the things of God and to the gospel message of Christ. Now, I have two boys and they are very different. They are different in how they think. They are different in how they operate. One of them is very systematic and logical in his thinking. The other one is creative and unstructured in his thinking. And when it comes to getting ready for school in the morning, they go about it very differently. 
My logical, structured thinker wakes up early in the morning and he has made his way through his mental to-do list in a logical, systematic and very structured way. He is ready for school before my creative thinker has even worked out what day of the week it is. (laughs) See, my creative, unstructured thinker needs help. He needs support. He needs reminders to stay focused. He needs uh, uh, reminders that bring his attention to the task at hand. He needs reminders to help him stop the drift, you know, and help him stop himself from becoming distracted. All the parents in the room know exactly what I'm talking about. Hey, what are you up to now? Hey, have you had your breakfast? Oi, have you, have you finished packing your school bag? Hey, have you got everything that you need? Hey, stay focused. Let's stick to the task. Hey, why, where is your other shoe? Why have you only got one sock on? Yeah, you know, we, we know this. We know what I'm talking about. And I think, I think this is what Paul is trying to do for the church in Colossae. He's trying to say, hey, guys, stay focused. Hey, guys, there's a lot going on. There's a lot that you could become distracted by. But I just need you to remind you, don't shift. Don't shift away. Stay on track. You have heard the message of love and hope of Christ. You've responded to the gospel. You began to bear fruit. Now let's stay focused. Let's not get distracted. He's saying, I need you to, in everything you do, stick close to the message that saved you in the first place. And this is what the book of Colossians is all about. This is the journey we're going to be taking over the next few weeks. And I think today, in 2022, you would agree with me, that we could say that there is actually no greater reminder for us. There is no greater reminder in this season, in this culture of what's going on in our world right now, there is no greater reminder for us as a church, for us as believers, because if Paul were here today, I think he would write the same letter to us. I think he'd say, hey, Elam, I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful for the work that God has done in your lives. He'd say, hey, Elam, I'm so thankful that God has worked in you and he's grown you and he's molded you into the church that you have become and you have seen fruit. You have seen fruit now. It's time to stay focused. It's time to stay faithful. You have been faithful and now in a world that will constantly attempt to pull you off course, he would say, let's stay on track. Let's make sure that we are consistently aligning ourselves with the gospel that saved us in the first place. Let's keep the word of God as our plumb line for life. Then Paul goes on in chapter one to paint a beautiful picture of who Christ is. He writes a poem, or it could be seen as a hymn, of who Christ is, and it's titled The Centrality of Christ. And I'm going to read to you from Colossians 1. There's a, a quite a big text, but I want you to follow along. It'll come up on the screen. It'll be with you online, so you can follow along with me. I'm starting at verse 13. It says, He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him, We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Then here's this poem titled The Centrality of Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, 
the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by by him all things are held together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have everything first place, have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile himself, everyone to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy and faultless and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the gospel of hope that you have heard. First and foremost, in the book of Colossae, Paul is saying to us, if we want a life that stays aligned with the things of God, we must first align ourselves in Christ. We must ensure that Christ is the center of our being and our doing. What does that mean for us? How do we do that? How do we know that that is taking place? Well, number one, the first thing I want you to know today is this. We have to know who he is. Know who he is. If you want your life to be aligned with Christ, you have to know who he is in your life. How many of you know that when it comes to being in an emergency situation, there are certain people you want in your corner? Like there are certain people, if you've got an emergency, there's certain people that you want around in that emergency. Now, I know that I'm a little biased, but if I was in an emergency, I would want Steve around. I would want him around. It's not just because he's my husband, but he's actually really good in emergency. In fact, when, when, when our firstborn was just four weeks old, we took a boat trip to Waiheke. And as we're sitting on the boat, Steve said to me, what would you do? if this boat started to sink. I thought, goodness, is there something wrong? Is something happening? I I haven't even considered that that might be taking place. He's like, well, you've got to know, babe. You've got to have an exit plan. You've got to know what to do. And the panic is starting to run. And I'm like, what what, what, what would you do? And he had it all mapped out. He's good in an emergency. He knew exactly what to do. He's got outdoor education experience. So if we were stranded on an island or or out in the bush, he he would know exactly how to survive. He's got survival skills. I live with Bear Grylls, people. Great message. He's loving the message. If I was in an emergency situation, I would also want Anna Owen in my corner. Anna Owen is the wife of our worship pastor, Daniel, Daniel Owen, and she is an advanced paramedic. And this lady knows her stuff, man. She not only has the medical training to get us out of any medical situation, but he, she has the cool, calm response of a seasoned paramedic who has walked into many emergencies. You know, people, that when you have an emergency, there are some people you want around, and there are some people you just don't. Here's the thing. When you understand who Christ is, it becomes real evident, real quick, that on your worst day, you want him around. 
Listen to how Paul describes him. He's the image of the invisible God. He is the creator of all things. He holds all things together. He's the head of the body, the church. He has first place in all things. The fullness of God dwells in him. What's it saying? It's saying to us, he wasn't just a good teacher. He, wasn't, he isn't just a rabbi. He, he isn't just a prophet. Jesus isn't just a good person, nor was he a rebel or a revolutionist or a political leap figure or leader. No, he was God. He was God in the flesh and he holds the world in his hands. He is the creator of all things in heaven and on earth. He is the head and not the tail. He is over and above everything, which means that on my worst day, if there's one person I want my life to be aligned with, then it's Christ, that's for sure. In my struggles, in my testing seasons, in my trials, when I am in the valley, I know, I can know that he is God and he is in control. That is good news for you and I. It is good news for you and I because it means that he's not just a good teacher, he is Lord. It means that he is not just a prophet, he is king. It means that he is not just a good person, he reigns supreme. And when I live my life aligned to that Christ, the supreme image, creator, God, who made all things and holds all things together, it means that in my seasons, when, when I feel like my world is falling apart, it means that actually I can trust him because I know that he is the one that holds it all together. And, and, and when I live my life aligned with, the, with that kind of Christ, the king of all kings who created the heavens and the earth, it means that when I feel like I am being pulled through fire, when it feels like I am in a test, when it feels like, like, like I am just in such a difficult season, I know that I can trust him, that I can run to him because I know that he reigns over everything, that he is the creator of all things. I know that he is God and he is in control. When I know who he is, I can't help but live my life aligned in Christ. What does it mean to be aligned in Christ? It means that we know who he is. The the second thing that we need to understand is this. We need to understand what he did. We need to understand who he is, but we also need to understand what he did. In Colossians 1 verse 13, it says this. It says, he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 19 goes on to say, for God was pleased to have, have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to what? Reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his body shed on the cross. If we are gonna stay aligned in Christ, we must understand the fullness of what he did for us. And Paul describes what he did using three words. He says he rescued us, he redeemed us, and he reconciled us. He has rescued us. He rescued us from sin, from the debt and punishment of sin. He has rescued us from the slavery and the prison of our sinful nature. And I love, as we heard a testimony right before our baptisms, of, the, of, of our people standing up here saying, I once was lost, but God rescued me. He pulled me out of my life of sin. He not only rescued you, but he has redeemed you. 
He has redeemed you for the plans and the purposes that he set out before you in the first place. He has brought you back to the life that he intended you to have, and he is reestablishing his purpose in your life. Not only did he rescue you and redeem you, but he's also reconciled you. He's reconciled you to the Father. He made a way for us to have relationship with our heavenly Father. He gave us access to him through the cross. He rescued us. He redeemed us, and he reconciled us. What does that mean for me and you? It means that my past does not determine my future. It means that I am no longer the things of my past. It means that I can be free from my yesterdays. It means that I am forgiven and set free from the things that hold me back. See, without Christ's redemptive power at work in us, we are running into our future with a bungee cord tied and attached around our waist. See, we can run with all our might, but as long as that bungee cord is still attached, it will continue to pull us back into the things of our past. But when Christ rescued, redeemed, and reconciled you, he severed the cord. He severed the cord, the sin that keeps us trapped and ensnared, and he forgave us and freed us of the things that will keep trying to pull us back into the past that he has freed us from. And I'm here to tell you today that with Christ, you are no longer your past. Your past does not determine your future. It does not write the end story for your life, but you have freedom and forgiveness of the things of your past. You are set free. And in Colossians 4, Paul paints an amazing and very practical picture of what this looks like in someone's life. In Colossians 4, verse 7 to 9, we read about who is delivering the letter to the, the, the church in Colossae. And he, he gives the names of two people. One of them is Tychicus, and one of them is Onesimus. Now, I looked this up, and I listened to how to pronounce these names, Tychicus and Onesimus. Colossians 4 verse 7, it says, Tychicus, our dearly loved brother, faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I have sent him to you for this very purpose so that you may know how we are and so that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, a faithful and dearly loved brother who is one of you. They will tell you about everything here. Now, what's really important for us to know is that this is not the first time or the only time we hear about Onesimus in Scripture. See, Onesimus is also mentioned in a different book of the Bible, the book of Philemon. That was a, that's a hard one because I've said it Philemon my whole life, and then I looked up the pronunciation, and it's actually Philemon. Okay, so we're learning things today. Check this out, though. The book of Philemon is a letter written by Paul, again, while in prison, around the same time as he wrote Colossians. And he wrote it concerning a runaway slave named Onesimus, who robbed his master, Philemon. Philemon uh, he escaped from Philemon and ran away from Colossae to Rome, where he met Paul. 
and became a Christian after hearing the message of the gospel through Paul. Having transformed and turned his life around, Paul then sends Onesimus back to Philemon in Colossae with letters in hand. And we read in both Philemon and Colossians that Paul asks Philemon and the church in Colossae to welcome him not as a thief, not as a slave, but as a dearly loved brother. He asks them to welcome Onesimus as they would welcome Paul himself. And I love that in a book that is teaching us how to align ourselves with Christ, the Christ who rescued us, redeemed us, and reconciled us, that he gives us this beautiful example of what that could look like for someone. Onesimus, no longer a slave, no longer a slave to his sin or the mistakes in his life, set free from his past, redeemed and reconciled. And I wonder how many of you are struggling to align your life with Christ because you have not fully understood what Christ did for you. You are still bound to your past. You are still stuck in the mud of your yesterday. You feel like you're going nowhere, like you're not able to gain ground, like you aren't able to get free from the things of your yesterday and step wholly into your future. But if Paul was to write a letter about you, like he wrote about Onesimus, I think he might say this, here is my brother, my sister in Christ, they were once bound, but they are now set free, transformed in Christ, rescued, redeemed, and reconciled. Welcome them as you would welcome me. Colossians 1 verse 21 says, once you were alienated, once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by, your phys by his physical body through his death to present you as holy, faultless, and blameless before him. Here's what I think. I think that too many of us still live in the once you were kind of life. Once you were alienated, once you were hostile, once you were broken, hopeless, addicted, anxious, lost, sick, depressed, purposeless, once you were. But what Paul is encouraging us to do and what God is calling us to do is to stop living in the once you were and begin living in the but now that God called you to. But now you are reconciled. But now you are whole. But now you are filled with hope. But now you are forgiven and free. It's time to live in the but now that God came to give you. When I understand what he did, I can live a life aligned with him. The third and final thing, I'm going to ask the team to come and join me now. The third thing, we, we, we know who he is and we understand what he did. The third thing Paul tells us to do, he says, don't shift. Don't shift. It's real simple. Just don't shift. We know who he is, and we know what he did. Now don't shift. Colossians 2.22, again I read, but now he has reconciled you by his body, physical body, through his death, to present you wholly faultless and blameless before him. It says, if indeed you remain grounded, steadfast in the faith, and are not shifted 
Don't shift away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. You know, I believe there are two types of people in the world. Those who follow the recipe and those who don't. And in the greenhouse, we have both types. In the greenhouse, we have one of each. I follow the recipe. I don't know if you guessed that already. And Steve does not. And this has become problematic for us because we, uh, we get HelloFresh. You know the food boxes. And if you've ever received one of those food box thingies, whatever brand you get, you know that there's a recipe. So this becomes real problematic because when it's Steve's time to cook, do you think this man could follow a recipe? Follow the instructions? No. No, he doesn't. He just goes off on his own little tangent and he adds things in and he takes things out. And there are some nights where he changes the entire end result because he just won't follow. He refuses to stick to the recipe. And I just need you all to know I just need you all to know that there is a recipe for a reason because it's the right way to make it. And if it's the right way to make it, then it's how it should be done. Any recipe followers in the room today? And so I just need you non-recipe followers to know that if you could just stop shifting from the way you're supposed to do it, that would make me feel a whole lot better. <laughs> I think that the way that I feel about recipes is the way Paul feels about the gospel. I think what he's saying to us is don't shift from the way that God has called us to. Don't shift from the message of the gospel that saved you. Don't shift. Don't add stuff. Don't take stuff away because you'll change the end result. Don't let anyone convince you to change the recipe. We know the recipe. It's found in who he is and what he did. Remain grounded. Be steadfast, stick closely to the truth of what saved you in the first place. The recipe for hope we have in Christ is the same. It's not changing. So don't you or anyone else be changing it. Because there is going to be times when something will come and try and shift you. Online, there are going to be times when something will come and try and shift you. It's going to come and it's going to try and make you change the recipe. Culture will tempt us to shift away from the biblical truths that we have built our faith on for centuries. But Paul is saying, no, don't shift. He's saying, remain grounded, hold steadfast to the faith. Naysayers or criticism or cancel culture are gonna come and they're gonna try and shift you. They're gonna come and try and cause you to sway and be pulled in one direction or another. But Paul is saying, no, remain steadfast. Remain grounded in the truth of God's word. Circumstances will have a way of threatening to rock you. But Paul is encouraging you today, don't be shaken. Remain in the hope 
of the gospel that you heard. Amen? Come on, we're talking about staying aligned. We're talking about staying aligned in the things of God, staying aligned in Christ. And if we're going to do that, we must know who he is, understand what he did, and then simply don't shift. Don't shift. And I would love to, if you would allow me, I'd actually love to pray a prayer that Paul prays at the beginning of Colossians, that he prays for the church in Colossae. But it's a beautiful prayer, and I'd love to pray that same prayer over you today. If we could just have every head bowed and every eye closed. Let me pray this prayer. It's found in Colossians 1, reading in verse 9. And I'll pray this over you. Lord, we are asking. We are asking that we might be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And I pray that we are filled with your wisdom and understanding so that we may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. Thank you that you rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son that you love. Thank you that in you we find redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we choose at the beginning of this journey of the book of Colossians to align ourselves with you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. We right now, we choose to stand grounded. We choose to stay firm in our faith. Lord, help each one of us not to shift or sway away from the truth of the gospel that has saved us. One more thing I'd love to do, love to pray a prayer with you. If you're in this room today and you don't know Christ, I've given you a really good picture of just who he is in your life. And I would love to pray a prayer. If you're saying, Bex, I am far from God, but I know today I need to get close to him. I'd love to pray with you. I'm gonna pray a prayer. And I'd love every single one of you to be able to pray, pray that prayer with me. You've heard about a God who sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to rescue, redeem, and reconcile you. I'm gonna invite you to pray a prayer with me right now to make that a reality in your life. Are you ready? You can pray it in your heart. I'll pray it out loud. We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due for my sin. Thank you that you have forgiven me today. I choose this day to give my life to you. I ask that you would make me brand new. Thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for me. In Jesus' name. With every head still bowed and every eye closed and online, you can do this with me too. I would love to know and acknowledge who I prayed for today. And in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. All you have to do, be nice and brave, is just lift your hand so I can see it. You're saying, Bex, can you count me in on that prayer online? You can push a button that says, I prayed, uh, I, lift, I raise my hand. And then I'll be able to just acknowledge you and know that you prayed that prayer with me. Are you ready? Be bold, be brave. One, two, 
three. You're saying, Bex, I prayed that prayer. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You're saying, Bex, I prayed that prayer. Yes, awesome. Thank you. Prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time. Awesome. I see you. Thank you. Awesome. God, we thank you so much for every person who prayed that prayer. Lord, I thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for them. And I pray right now, Lord, that your, your presence would be with them, O oh God. Father, we celebrate now as all of heaven celebrates. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church. Let's give God some praise. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.